Lawyer Talk. Back again at the 511 Studio C, bringing the probably most famous, best, awesomest lawyer related podcast, lawyer unrelated podcast in the country. Can't say the world. I don't know everybody. It has to be. It has to be. We have listeners all over the place Australia, England, the Dakotas, Wyoming. Give me a home. California. That's really Florida. Cool. California. I can't, I, the UK. Kind of amazing. I think it was one was Ireland too. I think we had Ireland, we had, we had yeah. some downloads in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Drinking Guinness, listening to Lawyer Talk. Oof. Mother's Sounds milk and right Lawyer now. Talk go together like peas and carrots. So here we are, Central Ohio. Some of the premier attorneys sitting at the table. You said it. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> that guy across the way there. Yeah. I'm just a peon. No, obviously we uh, we enjoy what we do. We've got uh, some good information for folks. One of the things we've talked about doing, and in you know, we've followed a few uh, interesting criminal cases. This one's really interesting. Yeah, we're going to follow another one. Uh, you know, we've uh, Jeff and I we, we've done criminal defense work now for a long time, <clears> uh, particularly maybe longer than I'd care to admit at this point. Uh, tried all sorts of cases, been involved in all sorts of cases, defended all sorts of folks uh, from. Uh, you know, whoever. But uh, I like to follow interesting cases. I find it sort of fascinating. Well, there is a an interesting case cooking up in Akron, the rubber city. What is that? Is that Summit? Summit County. Summit, County, Summit County. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Akron, home of the uh, Rubber Bowl. And Canton, the home of the football, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's another fine establishment up there I used to maybe go-to periodically called the Geeson House. I don't know if it's still there up in Canton. Is it like a brothel or something? Uh, it was a place where you could get a beer. I don't know if it's, I don't know, remember, I, don't, I think it was called Kuhlenbacher Dark, which was made by Blatt's. So we just, it was basically Blatt's Dark. <laughs> and you could drink Blatt's Dark and Quarter get free can. peanuts and order bar food. And uh, you would, the, what we would do, we thought it was cool to go there, get your Blatt's, pitchers of Blatt's Dark, and in your cup you would float a peanut shell and while you drank oh, I've it. I've done it, yeah. Yeah. So it turns out there's other stuff going on in the Akron Canton area, and it's not just golf, it's not just uh, Goodyear, it's not just the Giesen House. It is a criminal case that has a lot of interest. Murder. Most foul, murder. Murder. And this one sort of hits ho- close to home to the lawyer talk table, Jared. It does. It was actually a, a, a friend of mine, uh, a motorcycle enthusiast. That's how I met uh, Mr. Sean Belleville. Uh, we built a couple motorbikes together. Uh, he was working at a, at a shop. And that's uh, I started designing a bike and I built a bike with him. So how long when did you you remember what year you met him? Oh, I, I'm gonna say probably about 2001. Okay, so about 2001, 2002. Big chunk of time. Yeah, and well, you know, it, the I guess it's kind of at the end, the last few years of his life, uh, he wasn't around a lot of a lot of the old friends. He kind of uh, was dating this girl and uh, had got tied up in a number of different things with this woman was living up in Akron, was no longer like living around here in Columbus. And uh, we'd see from time or two here and there, but I uh, hadn't really heard too much, you know I mean, from him or, or about him. He'd, he'd stop by my store. I bought, yeah. I bought my cases that uh, he used to have a retail store and uh, Outcast. So he's one of these guys you make fun of as a buddy, like when they start dating a girl, they, they, they change a lot. 
Yeah, he they changed, changed. changed their personality, changed what they're doing. It changed, he changed a lot. He, yeah. had, he had a couple girlfriends before that, which I'm still friends with, and they were both, both really nice and, and, and great people. And then uh, this Crystal girl, I actually never, if I, if, if I did meet her, I don't re- recall it. I don't recall ever, ever, ever meeting uh, Crystal. What's Crystal's last name? Crystal Bruce. We're Crystal talking Bruce. about Crystal Bruce. Crystal so, Bruce is in Summit County now. Yes. Right. And well, what is she accused of? Well, I, I once I, I got a text. I was at work. I got a from a buddy of mine that said, "Did you hear about Belleville?" And I was like, "No, what happened?" And uh, he sent me an article, and it was like the day of. It was an online article that uh, he'd been stabbed to death in uh, in a house in Akron. And then you hear a lot of stories between the people that I know and the hearsay and, and, and I went to the funeral, went to the showing, went to a, we had a memorial. We did a thing for his boys. He's got a, he's got a daughter and two sons and, uh, they did a thing. We had silent auction and got some things together to, uh, to help his boys out. And, uh, so you, you hear a lot of different things that could have happened, may have happened and may not have happened. And, uh, the story, should I go into the story that I heard? Yeah. Is that what you want to hear? Whatever, yeah, right? I mean, or do you want to, do you want to well, go somewhere? No, no, no. Let, let's do well, that. Well, we all know Columbus Alive is going to publish whatever they want, so why don't we just publish whatever we want? I, I think I think that's a great idea. So how many how many criminal defense law firms that do predominantly criminal defense actually have a podcast and actually give full and fair reporting about ongoing criminal cases? Well, we're trying, but we have, to, we have the caveat here that this is based on just things we've heard, right? So far. But here's what's going to happen. We are going to do some roving reporting. Let that sink in. <laughs> roving reporting. So what does that I, mean? I'm going to Summit? You're going to Summit County, son. <laughs> no, what we're going to do is we're going to follow this. I've reached out to um, some of the attorneys involved. I've reached out to the uh, judge's uh, office to see if it's uh, what the status of the case is. Um, we're probably going to go up and watch some of the trial. And, and, and to be fair here, Jared knew uh, the victim. I knew Sean, Sean Belleville. You knew Belleville. Yeah, um, and you never met her, though. If I did, it may have Just been like passing. a bike event or, or yeah. something in the past, but I don't recall ever really meeting her. Okay. Uh, so I... Yeah, so maybe we yeah. should just get everybody up to speed on like, okay, we know it's a stabbing, but how did this, well, what, here, what are they reporting here, about here, how this went down? Well, here's what's going to happen. We're, we're going we're to tell that story, what we've heard so far, just by reading the news reports. Then I, Jared is going to go up, I think. Yeah, pull this off. We're going to go up there. We're going to go up. We're going to watch this trial. We're going to get notes. We're going to get, uh, we're going to document what goes on. I am going to provide accurate, informed, with 25 years of experience, criminal defense legal commentary on what is going on in the courtroom. We're going to explain uh, how and at least my perception of what is going on. I'm going to try to give my assessment of how and why it's happening that way. You know why he's doing this, Jared? Because he's going to leave us someday and he's going to be on Good Morning America and pay the big bucks to be the legal expert for yeah, I'm sure they want me. two minute clips of what does it really mean when they're doing this? It'll be like Dershowitz. Yeah. yeah. And I'll start it here at 511 Studio C on Lawyer Talk. Right. Um, no, but we've been called upon to give some insight into various I think things over a, the times. Oh, definitely. I think this will really interest people, and especially because it's um, it's real time. I mean, this is going on right. right now. This isn't like us going back and just figuring out what a case is about. Yeah, we're we're going to learn it. So, Jared, uh, with no further ado, what are the what's the what's the sketch of what uh, at least what the media perception is? Because this is often different than reality. No, the first report I I read and saw was that at, I think it was probably about. 
12 in the morning, uh, a 911 call was made, and uh, the uh, ambulance showed up before the police did to a residential area to where the they found beat the police to man. where they found a uh, a young man that was uh, bleeding out, was been stabbed multiple times, conscious still, and he had, he's still alive. Okay. You know, I mean, so he had a pulse. Uh, they treated him at the scene, and uh, they stated he he died like as they were loading him or as they were as they were leaving. Is he the inside scene. the house, outside the he house? He was on the front porch. Front porch. Okay. So they got a front front porch there, stoop up front there, and he was on uh, the front porch. Uh, then after that, the police uh, showed up, and uh, Crystal was there. She had had a daughter, I believe, it was like right ten years old. I was actually looking here for the should have pulled up the the report, but don't have it. Um, <laughs> she'd sent it over to the neighbor. Now, the what I had heard, the story that I heard was that down the road they had a friend, and uh, she calls this friend and she says, "Hey, I have a situation at the house. I need you to come over and help." So he's like, okay, I'll, I'll come on over. Yeah, what are you thinking if you get that call? It's now, like, oh, I need some help moving a shelf yeah. or something. Well, also, you have to remember, at this point in time, uh, and it's she is charged with it, evidently there was a marijuana cultivation uh, going on within this house. All right, grown okay. pot. So, you know I mean? Maybe this guy, I think he knew about that. He thought, oh, they need That's some help, help moving some, I don't yeah. know what it is. So he comes over. When he shows up, he finds Sean on like the front porch. I'm like him in a grow house, but okay. Yeah. So he sees him bleeding, and evidently he's still alive there. He's, you know, and he, and he was like, "What?" You know, he didn't know what was going on. He goes inside to see Crystal, who had been cleaning up and washing the floors and the blood, and she was washing off a knife, and she had like towels, and she was in the in the oh. tub that she was washing off, and she was cleaning up the blood scene there. He said that he saw a trail, like she, like Sean had been drugged outside. To the front of the house. So far, bad track Drug or, or, I mean, yeah. Drug, yeah. So, yeah, you know, the story I was getting, it looked like he was sitting, sleeping, or laying in, in like a lazy boy. He's yeah. in the Barker lounger and had been stabbed multiple times. Gotcha. This goes on, by the way, I'm, I'm looking, this is last October. October 13th is when uh, she was scheduled to appear in court, at least at first, uh, 2017. Yes. Right. So, yeah. Mm. Um, now, so I, you get well, we got fi- some consciousness of guilt originally. Say, hey, come help me clean up this murder. Well, I mean, not calling the cops. So the, the facts that uh, that would bother me from a defense standpoint, didn't call the police, instead called a friend. Mm-hmm. Help with a situation. That can be explained away, though. Yeah. Well, sure. It's just yet another thing. It's a thing you I have know. to explain away. I know. So yeah. calling 911 and say, saying, help, uh, my boyfriend attacked me, I don't know what happened, and then hanging up. You know, that's a better fact pattern. Yeah. I um, see here her bond was set at 10% of $1 million during her arraignment. $1 million. And uh, she remains in custody, which I do not believe she was has been released. She's been in custody since then. Uh, from what I can tell from the court docket sheet, which we'll talk about in a second, that is all true. Yes. So she was charged with tampering of evidence, illegal cultivation of drugs, and uh, the killing of Sean Belleville. All right, so here's here's my initial reaction with this, Jeff. You get this. You get, say, the family mm-hmm. comes in, and this is these are the facts that you know. You're thinking first, this is bad. She's trying to kill, clean up and cover up a homicide um, instead of getting the critical care attention for the almost deceased victim. Mm-hmm. She calls her friend and says, "I need some help with the situation." Um. There's blood everywhere. 
the body looks like it's been moved or the, or the, it's not a body yet, I suppose, but it looks like there's been a dragging or crawling out of the house, either if he did it on his own volition and in, in some effort to get the hell away, or she did it to, in some effort to keep the mess outside. Who knows? But uh, all those seem like really bad facts mm-hmm. so far. But all is not lost. I'd be thinking, what are the defenses to this type of murder? Self-defense, possibly. Uh, maybe a reduced charge of manslaughter if it was done uh, in the heat of some battle or argument or something that does not quite uh, amount to self-defense. Uh, maybe you've got uh, a friend or something. Maybe there's somebody else you can hang it on. I don't know. But uh, you'd start to think like that, or at least I would. And then I would want immediately to get evidence and get it preserved. And by that, I mean um, cell phone records I'd be after. I'd be after her cell phone records, any of his I could get my hands on. I'd want to see the scene of the crime uh, sooner rather than later. I'd want to see uh, if there's any, any, any evidence of their arguing past, like either witnesses or otherwise we yeah. want to get them we want to get those individuals interviewed, and 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 then hopefully wanna, she was photographed too, as far as what may be on her. Yep, uh, you'd want to make sure those photographs happen. And and at this point, if you get the case early on, you don't have an autopsy yet. You don't have a report yet on how death occurred and and, and etc. Now issues for the future. I would want to have a psychologist uh, get involved right away to figure out one. You got a client who's going through a traumatic experience. Uh, is is this individual uh, going to be helpful? And if not, can we either establish that the individual can't help out in the defense and might have some other issues or uh, just help her get through the scenario one way or another? Uh, And as we'll see here shortly, perhaps there's something more to this relationship like battered women's syndrome or something else. Mm. Um, The other thing I would be thinking is you have a knife injury. So whose blood is where, uh, forensically? Whose fingerprints are where? Because blood, you're going to see fingerprints and different things in that knife. Uh, I, I had, a, I've had several knife cases and, uh, depending on the, the alleged factual scenario, you can have different, uh, forensic analyses done of, uh, the knife wounds. In other words, if it, a straight stick will leave a different wound than a slash, mm. um, you can have, uh, I had one case where it was sort of broke open because there was a stabbing, but there were cuts on both ends of the, or there were sharp points on both ends of the cut indicating that the knife either had a, what do they call it, a sweat point or a, um, or a drop point knife, uh, or it was sharp on both sides like a dagger uh, or a pocket knife that's not sh- that's dull on the top but not sharp I on both you. sides. So if you go in, that's going to leave a, a wider uh, wound. Because uh, it's cutting both ways. It's cutting both ways. Yeah. And then what happens is that as the tissue sort of, uh, a lot of times when you, when you cut tissue, human tissue, the skin is pulling. And it'll open it up even more and, and sometimes cause some confusion about what kind of knife. Caught. Anyway, you'd want to start thinking along those lines. Yeah, in the fight of it, you're, it's going to rip open more if it's depending on how. Yes. Yeah. And the angle, how it enters. Now, uh, I'm guessing since uh, he was alive. It's, it says here that on Tuesday morning around 1245 a.m., police were called to a residence on the 700 block of Garfield Street in Akron. Now, on that, let's see here. Now, do we say who called it, the police? I don't know. It's, Belleville was pronounced dead at the scene around 1.18 a.m. So at 12.45, police were got the call. 1.18 a.m. is whenever he was pronounced dead. Uh, the officers arrested Crystal Bruce and charging her with murder, tampering of evidence, illegal cultivation, 
she Bruce told the police she was involved in a verbal altercation with the victim prior to her stabbing him. So she confesses at the scene. That's bad. She was booked into the Summit County Jail. Uh, the Summit County Medical Examiner's Office determined the cause of the death to be a stab wound to the chest. Okay. It just says a stab wound. I don't know if there were multiple stab wounds and one was the, 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 the final or if it was just one good stab. I think we've talked about this before. This happens, uh, this is a pretty, I hate to say common, but I've seen it several times in cases I've worked on that I've actually been in court on and tried where a small pocket knife causes death because what happens is somebody holds a pocket knife in your right hand and, uh, you know, I had, I had one case where a guy had one of those kind that had the, like the little um, hole in the blade at the top so he could flip it open with his thumb. The thing was tiny, maybe an inch and a half long blade, flipped it open, and as, as he was being attacked, he, he thrust it forward with his right hand that goes right in between the ribs of the assailant's uh, left side where the heart is, and all it has to do Believe it or not, it's just pierce. It doesn't even have to touch the heart. It can just pierce. There's a sac called the pericardial it sac. With blood. Yeah, that uh, that surrounds your heart, and if if that starts to fill up with blood, and it basically drowns your heart. It's called pericardial tamponade, I think, and and your heart can't beat because it doesn't have anything to work against. I guess it it sort of yeah. it drowns your heart, and uh, that causes death. And that's Otherwise, would be just like a, if 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 that was if that happened here, that would make this a little bit even more troubling because there might have been some medical attention had it been applied quick mm. or quickly that might have stopped. Maybe not. Who knows? But um, I'd be thinking along those lines too. So she has now been indicted. Is that is that where we are? There's a trial scheduled when coming up in. There'll be the twentieth. Uh, for a while, things were being prolonged. We'd uh, catch information there that. Uh, the state wanted her to be the, the evaluation, the psychological evaluation. Uh, she was saying no, and then they mandated it that she had to go through with it. But now they're going through saying they're not going to use some of it that came through. All right, here's what's going on. Yes, so it turns out she was indicted. I think you're correct. She was indicted initially. Well, here's there's going to be this bound over from municipal court. She was initially charged that night, <clears throat> thrown into jail, and came through municipal court. Uh, on an, and had an initial appearance. Eventually, they directly indicted her. So that's fancy talk for saying she's now in common pleas. Where the case will be, where the case will be tried, and they indicted her, charging her with uh, murder, with um, cultivation of marijuana, and tampering with evidence. The murder is obvious. You kill somebody. That's murder. Cultivation of marijuana is obvious. You grow pot, get caught against the law. That's cultivation. Tampering with evidence. That is going to be things like wiping down the murder scene, wiping down the knife. Uh, trying to conceal any evidence is tampering with evidence. That's an F3. It actually carries a lot of, of weight. Uh, but then they amended the indictment shortly after. Now, this is going way back, but early on in the case, that's what the indictment was. They later changed the indictment uh, and added a count of felonious assault. Uh, murder being, uh, I caused the death of another felonious assault. I caused or attempted to cause serious physical harm, harm yeah. or I caused physical harm with a, with a deadly weapon. And I so, mean, here's what's interesting when I look at this from, from my perspective. It's like you almost have to, if she's going to present some of this stuff, you know, defense-wise, you almost have to fall on the sword, no pun intended, for um, the tampering of the evidence. I mean, how does she get around that? Well, she can't. Well, she gets around it this way, um, one of two ways, and this is what they've done. Um, the defense... Uh, and is a there's an appointed lawyer, meaning she did not hire a private lawyer. That means the court either is going to, uh, the public defender's office will supply the defense or provide the defense, or the court can appoint private counsel who work in the general 
uh, area to come represent this individual uh, and and uh, represent her. So this attorney gets involved, and, and I'm, I'm looking at the court docket. Anybody can see this, by the way. Just go to uh, Summit. Ohio. That is S M S U M M I T O H dot net, and uh, that'll be the clerks. You can or just go search uh, Summit County Clerk of Courts as a way to search the records. But I'm looking at the uh, the docket sheet on court or on their little court view portal here. And uh, so what the attorney did, he got appointed and he requested funds to have an expert analyze or assess his client, Crystal Bruce. And what they're looking to do is see a whether she was. Uh, competent probably, what's her psychological status, but I think more important, they were trying to get an assessment of battered women's syndrome. All right, so that is, uh, and that, that automatically piques my curiosity because there's all sorts of interesting evidence issues surrounding battered women's syndrome, but the defense would be, uh, that would apply in two different scenarios, either uh, you're claiming some sort of insanity, and uh, meaning you're, you don't know right from wrong and or mm-hmm. uh, you don't appreciate the nature and consequences of your actions, uh, and you know, then, then you can be insane and that's a defense or in a self-defense setting, among other things, uh, you can, est- the batter women's syndrome defense, so to speak, applies to the reasonableness of your belief that you were, uh, under a threat of, uh, attack that would cause death or serious bodily harm. So batter women's syndrome is an interesting thing that way. It's not like you can't just say I'm a batter woman, I'm allowed to kill somebody. You can, but you can say, I'm a battered woman, uh, and uh, I'm insane because of it. I don't know right from wrong. It's driven me so crazy. I'm insane, and I don't appreciate the nature and consequences of my action. Uh, Or you can say, I acted in self-defense, and it was reasonable. Even though somebody else may not find it reasonable, you have Mm. to put yourself in my shoes, subjectively Mm. reasonable, because I have endured this battered lifestyle so long that I would have no reason except to think uh, I'm in this this serious state of uh, threat. So... Uh, they had a, a, a psych, psychological assessment done, and uh, what you saw, Jared, was that. And then you saw the prosecutor wanted to do their own assessment of that. Uh, so they wanted their own psychologist to go in and assess Miss Bruce. Uh, the defense objected to that and said, no, we don't think you ought to. She's been through enough. Uh, she's got uh, a right to remain silent anyway and, and a bunch of other stuff. I don't. Uh, that didn't go anywhere. The judge ordered the second assessment. Uh, I don't think that's a good objection, but I mean, because if you're gonna if you're gonna lay that out there, the other side, just like if we have a competency issue, the other side always has the opportunity to say, okay, great, but we're gonna have our own doctor take a look at them and see if they're if they're competent. Yeah, I think and that goes cuts both ways. I could do it; they could do it. Yeah, no, no question about it. I mean, there's no there's no getting around that. So if you if you're gonna assert that you're insane or insane or have battered women's syndrome and cause you uh, to bolster your self-defense case, pretty much you're opening up the door for a second analysis. Yeah, and she's been incarcerated since September 27th of 2017. Okay. So you know, I mean, we're almost two years before the trial starts. Yeah, almost. I mean, that's a, we're just shy, that's shy of two system years. We work before, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's where that's going there. So now we have uh, the most recent thing. the 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 prosecutor has filed. This this is what Jared sent us the other day. Prosecutor filed a motion in limine. Now, for those out there who don't know what a motion in limine is, don't worry. We're going to tell you. A motion in limine is asking the court in advance to make certain decisions about the rules of play at trial. Um, so if I know that, say, Jeff is a prosecutor and he's about to introduce evidence that I don't think should come in or the jury should hear, 
I can ask the judge in advance and say, Judge, the beard is full of crap. He's not allowed to do this. He's, he's seeking to introduce evidence that is not uh, permissible under the rules or it's unfair or it violates the Constitution or whatever it is. And uh, I'd like to know now that it's not admissible before the jury hears it and gets contaminated with this mm-hmm. awful evidence that he wants to present. And then not only that, I can then adjust my strategy to deal with it. If it's coming in, I do it one way. If it's not coming into evidence, I do it a different way. So a motion in limine, when everybody hears that, uh, I think most of the time in on movies, it's misused. People say, I'm filing a motion in limine on you. Yeah. And then nobody knows what they're talking about. But it's basically <laughs> like a, a, a ruling in advance. So the prosecutor filed a motion in limine saying, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Uh, if the defense is, because now apparently the defense has changed, that she didn't do it. Instead, he stabbed himself uh, apparently in some sort of suicidal act. And uh, she doesn't remember anything about it. I guess that that somehow came out in the course and scope of these psychological evaluations. Now, I don't know the answer to this. You may know, Steve. If I assert something like that, like if I assert an alibi or I assert, I mean, obviously they've gone down this road of battered woman, Um can that be used against her now if they then change the theory of the, of the case? Well, I think what's happened is this. Um, they got the battered women's analysis and they got it. And by the way, it does take an expert opinion, whether it's relevant or not. Um, so let's say it, it happens to be relevant. You're allowed to uh, present battered women's syndrome because of insanity and or self-defense claim. Now, in order to present that, you can't just go in and say, I'm a battered woman. Please find me not guilty. Yeah, you actually have to have you have to have an the expert connection. psychologist come in and say yes. Uh, I am an expert in psycho- psychological situations like this. I've been doing this for all these years. I've been declared an expert in this area of the law or this area of my practice many times, and I hereby say, uh, based on a reasonable degree of scientific certainty, that this woman has been uh, has battered women's syndrome and did at the time. So now they have to connect. No, he can't give an opinion like that. He can't therefore say it's not, she's not guilty, but she can say he's battered. Now she can probably also describe it like battered people with this syndrome often uh, become conditioned to ongoing constant abuse. They become conditioned to behavior and threat. They become conditioned to gaslighting where they're not really sure what's going on. They don't know North from South. They, yeah. they, they live in a, they live in a, 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 a quagmire that yeah. they don't understand. And therefore uh, her ability to assess the reasonableness of a situation would be impacted greatly by this syndrome. And yeah. therefore, even if she acted unreasonably, if, if a normal person without the syndrome uh, wouldn't have seen this reasonably uh, as a reasonable uh, thing to do, stab and kill somebody, uh, she it was reasonable for her. That would be the testimony. And Dr. Eisenberg was uh, who did one of the evaluations. Yeah, regarding uh, his opinion, the defendant was the victim of... Uh, in. Uh, partner violence, and acted in self-defense. The defendant was interviewed by Dr. Eisenberg, and in his summary includes her version of events that the victim, Sean Belleville, made threats to kill himself. The defendant did not recall stabbing the victim, and the victim came down the stairs with a knife in his chest. Defendant was also interviewed by the state's expert, yeah, see, now we got some, see, this comes up in my, so I've got, I'm not talking about pending cases, but to talk about some of the old closed cases and things like that, it's like whenever I'm talking to a defendant and having them describe things, there's certain things, I'm no expert in blood spatter and DNA and things like that, but I know what I see. So, for instance, when I hear that, it's like, well, if he came down the stairs with a knife sticking out of his chest, well, there better be forensic evidence of that. 
because if all the blood happened in the other side of the house in that in that sofa and then you, they can find even though she cleaned some of it up but they can find whatever the the bleach or the or the peroxide or whatever the heck she tried to use to scrub this stuff out and none of that craps on the stairs well now we got another problem because yeah. it's not matching up with the physical evidence you know or you'll be able to tell the you know gravity is gravity so if, if right. you're walking around blood dripping out of your out of your body uh, that is different. That would be a different blood drip than it would be if you just fall down and bleed on the ground. I mean, you know, you, yeah, you know, you're gonna see you're gonna see a flow of blood down his chest or however. So the rumor mill is some people that had talked to him on the phone shortly before that. Uh, like I said, it's all rumor mill is speculating that he was asleep when she stabbed him. Now he was uh, fully trained in, in martial arts of different really? aspects, okay. and he was also an instructor. So a lot of people found it very odd that she was able to stab him. And that's where just a lot of people were like, well, I think he was sleeping. Maybe he was sleeping. Somebody talked to him. Or, this is all hearsay. So Nobody he was a martial we arts there. guy, and he was an instructor. What was his? Um, I, I can't tell you what the credentials was. Okay. I do remember that he used to go a lot with his boys, and he trained with them. And, and I, I think it was jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu. Was, was the, the majority be of weird it. Because that would be like the real. I mean, you would definitely be able to control a knife a in that combat, situation. Yeah, close yeah. combat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's surprise, And maybe the angle of entrance of the knife wound uh, will be telling and trying to piece that back together. I think you're right, Jeff, that uh, where the blood is, the blood patterns and, and things like that may be telling on where the attack happened. Or how but then, I mean, how happened. much can we get into the to the the background of the deceased? How much of that stuff goes into evidence? Now, it's 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 known that before you know a person um, reports domestic violence, I don't know what the studies are, but I've heard from some of the folks that do domestic violence work, like prosecute it, that seven, eight, nine, ten times that could have happened before before they ever get the guts up to call the police. So I'm not in indicating that. Hey, the fact that he maybe has no record of this is, you know, it's oh, no, approximate to that he didn't do it. But does that, I mean, is that, do we, does anybody know? Does he have any history of abuse on uh, partners? No, you know, and, and me and Short have talked about that too. I don't know that I've, I've, I've known a lot of his exes, his ex wife. And, you know, I mean, to this, and nobody had ever reported or said that he'd, uh, well, it's a double-edged sword when you do that, for, when you choose that for as part of your life, too. It's like with the mixed martial arts thing, it's like a lot of people that are doing that are very um, grounded. You know, they're actually the people that, even though they're so skilled in it, they'd be the last ones to start a fight because they they respect that. But then there's other people, and you know, the flip side of that coin is, you know, you hear the martial art people or the UFC fighters or whatever that have these run-ins with the law because they're hotheads, they you know what I mean, switch, and they yeah. can't. And they can't control themselves. Now, the both of them have had run-ins with the law in the past. And I've always wondered how much of that we brought up, if any. Hold that thought, but let me, because I want, that's a good story. So here's the, here's the thing about the admissibility of some of this stuff, is that in the context of battered women's syndrome, that will come up implicitly. That, um, that, that if there's ongoing abuse and ongoing problems, whether it's physical or, or psychological or otherwise, uh, the battered women's syndrome defense, if it's relevant for purposes of establishing self-defense, will probably allow that kind of character evidence to come in. The other thing you got to remember is that this is a self-defense claim. So if I am defending myself against an attack from Jeff, and I don't know him from the man on the moon, and it later turns out that um, I kill Jeff, and it turns out that he has a history of being a fighter, that he kills people, that he's done all these things— 
that doesn't come into evidence because I didn't know about it. The only way that right. comes into evidence is that the character of the victim comes in uh, when I know about it and I use that to assess my situation yes. in real time. Now, some of that's nonsense. Some of that makes sense, I guess, because, you know, nobody actually sits down and thinks about all this in the heat of the moment. But on the other hand, if you're conditioned over time to know somebody's tendencies and you know, well, look, I know this guy. He's the guy who will bring a chain to a fist fight or a gun right. to a knife fight. This is the guy. I got no wiggle room with this guy. It never ends as a fight to the death. And I know that about you. Um, I'm allowed to talk about that in the context of why I used the force I used, mm -hmm. the reasonableness of my conduct but not to show you're an aggressive bastard. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, it's a, it's a different thing. Um, it, it comes in if I know about it. Now, in this context, you have a battered women's syndrome defense where it's sort of implicit in that um, all this stuff will come out. So, you know, I don't know if he's a martial artist, if she knew he's a martial artist. and Well, they're going to know everything that, about each other. I mean, they live together, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it'd be up to her testimony and, and how that comes into play. Now, character, her character doesn't necessarily come into evidence unless she asserts something uh, contrary of good, or if she if she tries to present her own good character. So say she says, we call this in law the mercy rule. I don't know if we're getting too much. Eh, we'll just do well, it. So under 404, it's uh, 404A3, I think. 404A3, 2A2, I think, is the mercy rule. Um, and the mercy rule says that... Uh, the defendant can put in evidence of his own good character. I'm a good guy. It's a good guy defense in front of the jury. Yeah. But it opens up the door for all the bad, bad stuff to character. come in on the other side. Yep. So yep. it's a, you're on dangerous ground by doing it. But I mean, if she's up there taking the stand, it's always for truthfulness. Once you take the witness stand, you can be impeached. Your character for truthfulness becomes relevant. Yes. And there are rules of how that goes down. So if she's a known rotten liar, then some of that could come out. I mean, they, they, I look, I haven't seen the discovery, but I got a hunch if this is bouncing around from he, I stabbed him and I didn't stab him, he stabbed himself, all that crap like that. I got a hunch that she probably told law enforcement a number of inconsistencies that would then wow. be exposed if she went to go tell her side of the story. It's not like she's been driving around with a tied up girl in her trunk or anything like that. No, why, why would she do that? Oh, did well, somebody do that? It, it, that happened. <laughs> that, that happened. Oh, and actually, that really was, happened? The plot was, thickens. I, yeah, the plot thickens. I was, I was at a bike event. I'm hanging around. I've seen some guys I haven't seen in a while. And my one buddy comes with me. He's like, man, did you hear about Belleville? I was like, no, what what, what happened with Belleville? Because that, 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 that came up a lot. Did you hear about that Belleville? That was just the first time that you was, heard, that, did you hear about but Belleville? I was like, what? And he gets to his phone and he shows like you know these, these court documents and everything. And then we start to hear the story that they got pulled over. The two of them were in a car, and they had a— When you said two of them, who's That was them? Crystal and Sean. Sean oh, was so driving. they were both there. They were both okay. in this car driving. They get pulled over, and then that's when they find the girl that zip-tied in the trunk of the car. <laughs> that's a tough one. Okay. Zip-tied. Like zip hog-tied? Yeah, like hog-tied up. Like down to where on the report said that she had a zip-tie around her neck that wasn't tightened, but it was around her neck. Oh my god. So gosh. like if you put a zip tie around somebody's oh, neck, dude. I'm just gonna say that's like that's no good. So she was no. hog tied, zip tied with the zip tie around her neck, and that was in the police report. So Kid they, to the napping. So they get arrested and uh for kidnapping, uh, abusive you know, I mean uh, assault and just, just a list of, of charges. Yeah. And everybody was like, well, the, that's the end. That's of, the end. That's the end, of, that's the end of Belleville. Yeah. Pretty bad fact pattern. And uh, he, uh, his attorney at the time was uh, William Clark. 
And then all of a sudden, somehow, some way, uh, the charges get dropped. And now, they, their claim, what we saw in the defense, was that they were taking her to rehab to get her off oh, of heroin. Oh, okay. Could be. So a zip tie around the throat zip, might not be necessary. I mean, you know, but, in the trunk with the zip ties? <sighs> is, there, I mean, is, there, so, is this like an El Camino so, and there's so, no room in the so back then what seat? Or what was that once he walks out on this, I'm going to have to say that there were probably a lot of friends or people that were acquaintances that decided to kind of stay away. Yeah. Kind of steer away because it's like, how did he get out? You know, so everybody's, right. you know, you know what everybody's thinking, right? right. It's like I mean, even if that somebody, was the plan, that's an aggressive way of accomplishing that goal. Yes. That's yeah. not quite the intervention you see on TV. Yeah, right. right. Now, right. the story I'd heard whenever I hadn't met her was that she was a madam. Which that's is, what I thought. I thought is, maybe there was like some is, threesome which, sex which, thing which going is, on. Which is a, a female pimp. So evidently yeah, she, she, she was a pimp. And she had uh, a bunch of prostitutes that were working for her. And though, so they were like punishing her or something, or trying I, to? I don't know. Huh. I I never I never talked to Sean about that case. Like once that it came out, um, did I don't they both think get that, charged? Did Crystal get charged? Yeah, too? they both did. But okay. it it got uh, it, I don't know what the happened. The whole thing went away. The whole thing went away. Man, yeah, that's an interesting little twist of the case. So, I, well, I, I, go ahead. So, if you go into court documents and you read factually what happened there as a prosecuting attorney, does it, where, are we, where are we putting that into evidence or can we put that into, into evidence? Well, I guess it, it, it all depends, I suppose, on what the purpose is. So, if she's up there claiming, I, here's where that could come in. I, I never do anything wrong. I'm a good girl. Um, right. I don't get in That's trouble. Easy. I don't commit crimes. Now, now, she may have opened the door for that, although... If it were believed, I suppose, that it was really an intervention, then, you know, that could negate some of that. But um, frankly, that, it might help the defense, too. I mean, if she's just claiming I was along for the ride and this crazy bastard zip tied this girl. I know what back he of does to girls. Yeah. And look at this yeah. stuff. And I had to do this with him because yeah. he would have killed me if I didn't go yeah, along. You just might just present that through her. Yeah, you might be able to do something like that. Um, well, it turns out that because we got, we got sort of sideways, but we'll, we'll circle right back to it. Because... It, because now she's claiming either, apparently now she's claiming, and I think this came out in the psychological evaluations or somehow in that process, that that he, that she doesn't remember stabbing him, that uh, she's not sure what happened. Maybe he stabbed himself because he was suicidal, or where does that affect? So the prosecutor, in a very, um, I think, interesting strategy play, has said, all right, well, if you didn't stab him, and this is really a suicide, then there is no relevance to the battered women's defense. And he's correct, I think, on some evidentiary level. He's correct in saying, look, if your defense now is I didn't do it, then battered women's syndrome makes no difference because that's not saying I did it and I can't and I'm insane. And that's not saying I did it uh, because I was acting in self-defense. That's saying I didn't do it. And the only way battered women's syndrome comes in is if you did do it. Um, But, I mean, I'm allowed to present alternative defenses. And battered women's syndrome is not one of them. If oh, you're you're you think you're allowed to say now that, that's a good point. And that was my that's what I think that's what I'd be arguing. Yeah. I'd be saying, look, I'm not saying I didn't do it. I'm not saying I did do it. I'm saying I don't remember. And the reason I don't remember is that I would have acted in self defense uh, because of this battered women's syndrome. But then it gets real dicey because you have an affirmative defense. I think back at this time before law changed, 
Um, yeah, I, uh, that's another interesting question. Which defense, self-defense right. are we talking about? We'll get, right. We covered that in a different show. But mm-hmm. um, if you've got, you've got to establish self-defense, that usually puts it on your own shoulders to get on the witness stand and say, I was defending my life. If I didn't kill this guy, I thought he was going to kill me. And even though some people say that he wasn't that dangerous, I've been living with this abuse forever. I, and I'm going to break down in tears right now as I'm telling you all this because my life has been so horrible. He even tied up a girl with zip ties with a thing around her neck and made me tell everybody it was just an intervention. And if I blah, blah, you know, you could just see all right. this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he came at me that night or he went to bed that night. And he said, if I, when I wake up, I'm going to kill you. So I didn't feel like I had any choice. So I killed him. You know, I mean, that would be the best defense I think she could come up with. But saying I don't remember uh, is, I think, as the prosecutor points out, inconsistent with that. Because she then can't get up there and say, I did it. Yeah. And I acted in self defense. There's no evidence of self defense. But I guess if her, if, her, if her statement is, I don't remember. I don't remember is not the same as saying, I did it and I was justified. Well, I may have done it. Or I may have done it. She doesn't know. So yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. That maybe it does open the door for both. But I mean, the the problem is you're going to leave, everybody's going to be confused by that. You're going to need to pick a lane and stick and stay strong with it. Yes. This is what, uh, you know. Who's the girl that, there was a girl that did the same thing. This trial was on there for like, Man, months. It was just every day you watch it on court TV. I don't remember her name. It wasn't Casey Anthony. Um, man, I can't remember her name. But she she presented something similar. Who was, was the one, one that drove the, the kids into the, in the pond and killed her babies? Man, I don't remember that one either. I mean, I remember the facts, but I just don't remember her name. But this girl was saying the same thing. Part of it was on some video, some phone. Um, but she stabbed some guy like, you know, 75 times in a shower and killed him. And she was saying the same thing. She was presenting some battered woman. No, defense. that was Norman Bates. That was psycho. Oh yeah, that was. Oh yeah, I got confused. <laughs> no, that, uh, no, it's a, but it's an interesting defense. And, and now there's a couple organizations I've, I've, or there's an organization I looked up. You know, ironically, Jeff, we have a battered women's case we're working on right now, and I am researching this anyway. So for all these reasons, kidnapped girl, zip tied in trunk, and a zip tie loosely held around her neck dead guy who walks downstairs with a knife sticking out of his chest, girl calling the cop or calling friend instead of cop saying, help me out here. He apparently doesn't see the guy walking down the stairs with a knife sticking out of his chest because according to his story, he's outside the door. Um, mm-hmm. Guy who knows jujitsu, cultivation of marijuana, you know, these all these facts and battered women's syndrome make this case fascinating to me. So we have therefore chosen it as our case study. We're going to go up there. I've already reached out to, I've, I've placed a call to the defense attorney, and I'm not going to reveal anything that I learned there that would hurt the case, but I, I just want to touch base, introduce myself. I've reached out to the court and talked to one of the assistants up there and uh, had very nice, very nice uh, reaction. I, I said, we have, we're lawyer talk heroes down here, famous. She, she got excited on it. She was, she was talking. He said, I'm an attorney in, in Columbus. And, and then he was like, well, I, I do this podcast, and I'd like to do some research and come down. Oh, she said, well, call back Friday. It should be on the docket, but just yep. call back Friday, and uh, we're glad to have you come down. Yep, and so far, the case is set to go to trial. Now, I have a hunch, uh, and I, I'd like to talk to the prosecutor, too, and, uh, and see. We're just going to act like reporters who are in the know. Channel 511. Channel 511. Investigating reporting. Yep, that's it. We do it for you. Providing legal commentary. Now, if anybody has questions, submit them. If anybody has comments, please submit them. You can do it at ohiolegaldefense.com. 
Uh, it goes to the beard, so sometimes they just get lost in the ether. But most of the time, we get. <laughs> I think we've got we've got some that we we need to answer. Yeah, we need. And to I don't know how much... long this trial is going to go for, and who's going to come up, and how many witnesses they've got called, or, or yeah. what, you know, I mean, what's what's going to go through well, with it on there? That's... Here's what you're going to have at a minimum, unless so, and we'll we'll just sort of set the stage, and they're going to have a coroner because you got to establish cause of death. Uh, you're going to have the responding uh, medics because they are the ones that uh, were first, first on the scene. scene. You're going to have the responding police officers who showed up. You're going to have the detectives or detective or whoever else interviewed Miss Bruce. Um, you're going to have maybe um, some psychologist if the better women stuff comes in. And that might be a psychologist for the state and it might be a psychologist for the defense. Uh, you, you might have this whoever, the 911, 911 call operator, perhaps, the friend that Miss Bruce called to come assist, perhaps. If it's true that uh, Belleville walked down the stairs with a knife in his chest and somebody saw that, those witnesses will likely be uh, showing up at trial to tell their version of it. Um, and then to the extent any of the background stuff is relevant, if I'm on the defense side, I would want to try to establish that through third parties who have seen his abusive uh, conduct. I would probably try to prove that. Which, Jared, you didn't get a subpoena? I did not get a subpoena. All right. Good. So no they don't, conflicts they don't here. need you no to conflict. go and give any testimony. All right. I've got nothing for them. Yeah. So the plan, Jeff, we're going to roll up there. We're going to check it out. Jared's going to give now, his. They might, uh, have, they might have had some opening. You know, the, the 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 prosecutor might just got some fuel for opening, though. They might just say, for those that know, no defense, for those that know this man, know that he's known as, did you hear what happened to Belleville? Belleville. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and we, then, we, we've talked about him in other shows. That was that was my neck tattoo, buddy. Oh yeah, yeah. Whenever, yeah, whenever, whenever, whenever I first, he was he, is, he ended up with a lot of tattoos, but he had that first one on his throat. I said, "What does that say? Unemployable." Yeah. <laughs> well, so rest this in peace. Is, uh, stay tuned. We'll do we'll do some follow up on this. I think in real time too. So we'll we'll offer some real time. Might just be just a little five minute updates, perhaps. If we're up at trial, we can just drop a quick couple quick updates as uh, maybe in the breaks or after the day. Uh, or have you do it? Maybe take the GoPro, do some stuff. But we um, have had requests for this. So this one and uh, what's the other big one down there? The uh, we'll get to it. The um, Pike, Pike, Pike County. County. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you think that, that thing's just secretive, secretive, and there's I don't even think there's a trial date yet. So no, that, that, as that thing ramps up, we'll we'll do that too. Yep. So that is uh, case study Crystal Bruce here at Lawyer Talk off the record on the air. We're going to give you. All the expert analysis and assessment, and you're going to get the real scoop. I mean, none of this, none of this uh, biased fake news from one side or the other. Uh, for now, that's lawyer talk off the record. Talking Crystal Bruce. Until now, murder.